right? Oh, look, and it says, present <laughs> 95 quid! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll be a lovely extension. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe a conservatory, oh. or you know. Oh my days! It's it's not cheap to build a conservatory in the northwest. It you is know, it's not cheap to build a conservatory in the northwest. Um, <laughs> Thor, Thor Ragnarok wouldn't have happened if he hadn't needed a new boiler. <laughs> oh my god! Because of course. Having a new boiler is like putting a gun to your head, yeah. apparently. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, we love him. We do love him, but Jesus but 95 quid, though, um, mate. I mean, based based on what I know of Showmasters, it's probably not even his decision. Still. <laughs> it's it's probably their call because it's his first one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they, they, are, they are robbing bastards. Um, if they'd like to hire us to host panels, though... Um... <laughs> Oh, well. Robin Bastards. Well. Speaking of Robin Bastards, welcome to the Batman and Robin of podcasting. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am I am Chris uh, Johnson. Uh, uh, I, was, I was wondering where that was going. I wasn't sure if you'd finished speaking or you were thinking of a, of a witty thing to say. I'm, I'm, I'm Matt Watson. Um, oh, lovely, lovely. Let's do a Ooh. lovely pause. Um... This week's going to be a slightly shorter episode because, well, Chris, you're away doing uh, an Easter show, are you not? Yeah. How, yes. How's that going for you, Cocker? How's it's going, it it's going? going well, Cocker. It's going well. By the time you lot hear this, it'll either have finished or be about to finish. So I'm not even going to plug tickets. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Alice in Wonderland at the New Theatre Royal in Lincoln. They asked me back, the little sweethearts. And I've been. Uh, Leaping around like a white rabbit, quite literally. No, Chris. Um, you're a little sweetheart. Short and Aww. stout. Here is your handle. Here is my handle. Here is, your... Here is my cock. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. It's funny because Keanu Reeves keeps following me to nightclubs. It's really odd. <laughs> but, um, Terrible. He always took the subway. He always took the subway there. Lovely man. Terrible. Um. um he knows how to pose for a photo, unlike Alex Winter, apparently. Oh, God. <laughs> Have you seen that Bill and Ted shot? Yeah. The pic of them in the phone. But like, it's yeah. a really cool little picture, but it is sort of like, whoa. And the other guy's going, oh, look at you. Oh, look <laughs> at you. I watched The Lost Boys yesterday for the first time in a long oh, time. Uh, on the subject of Batman and Robin, Joel Schumacher, and um, Alex Winter. Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty fucking good. It's pretty, it's pretty fucking great. great. Um, <laughs> some amazing haircuts. Oh, the best haircuts. Beautiful. The biggest, the best. The greatest haircuts. Um, the best haircuts in the world. Okay. So we won't get into um, too much news this week. We'll have a big old, big old glut. Don't worry. News yeah. We'll, uh, when you get back. And um, yeah, forget Bill and Ted. We'll yeah. touch on nostalgia very and, shortly. And um, same for emails ooh. as well. Um, we'll 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 get to them next week. So if you've emailed in. Uh, apologies you won't hear them this week, but you will hear them next week. We always get to them if we can be bothered. Um, which <laughs> which is usually... Um, I do want to mention a couple of things, though, before we get into the main topic of this week, and that is, firstly... Firstly... Oh, I think I think I know what this is. Go for it. I was right, Christopher. I was you right. You were bloody right. They are coming back. Fantastic Four are <laughs> returning to comics and... And... Fresh up Spider-Man and taking over Iron Man... Dan Slot is writing with Sarah Pacelli on art. Oh no! Oh my I mean, days! Come on! Oh the my amazing days! And, uh, the amazing and ultimate dream team team up are bringing back Marvel's first family. That's, I am so chuffed with that. That's a beautiful thing that has happened right there. It is right a there. gorgeous thing. I mean, I found this out like like two days ago, like the day after they announced it or whatnot, and I was just like, "Of course, of course, like." Yes, a thousand times. I think I'm gonna have to be cheeky and throw him a bone and see if we can have a chat with him about it. Cause my God, you know That'd what I mean? Be lovely, wouldn't it? Like, straight reach out to Dan, just be like, Dan, would you would you would you take fifteen minutes to answer a couple of big damn questions <laughs> and then 
Based based on our previous Skype chats, like that fifty minutes will evolve into a four hour discussion yeah. about comic books. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm so chuffed with that team up. And I mean also, I guess because obviously he had to write Spidey for two issues a month for for a good couple of years and then Spidey and Silver Surfer concurrently. I guess he obviously was like, I can handle two books, let's do this. Oh yeah, I mean, it's not uncommon that um, writers <clears throat> will work on two or more books at a time. I mean, look at Bendis. Mm. Bendis was... Well, Bendis, Bendis used to churn out like out. seven a month, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, and I think he, at one point he was doing Avengers, New Avengers. Then he Oh, after Marvel Now, he was doing uh, all new X-Men, Uncanny X-Men, and Guardians of the Galaxy all at the same time. Yeah. Um, Jesus so wept. Was, and some of those were double shipping as well. So mm. uh, that, was, that was pretty. That was pretty intense. Um, so yeah, loving the costumes. Oh yeah, definitely loving the costumes. Mm. I mean, I, some of it's been teased already in Marvel Two in One that Chip Zdarsky's writing, and that's going to continue as well. That's going to continue alongside it. Um, oh, so we're going to get two books worth of the thing. Oh yes, and I've, oh, I've been, that's happy. that makes me happy. I've been reading them. I've been reading some uh, '60s Fantastic Four in celebration, and man, I love the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love I the mean, thing. He's ever loving, isn't he? He's he's ever yeah. loving and blue eyed. Yeah, I think he's taking. I think he's taking a place as one of my favorite Marvel characters. He's, <laughs> he's coming up there. Um, he's a he's a cracker. I love him. Um, you, you should let his aunt Petunia know. She'll be absolutely delighted. Yes. Um, <laughs> and also, I want to mention. I came. Um, I there's a new collectibles place that's a comics and collectibles place that's opened up near us, Cocker. And, and I said, I said, I said, I'd give him a mention, and I'm going to give him a mention on social media as well because I popped over there, and the guys running it, um, they used to have a shop on Chapel Street in town, but we're talking like 20 years ago now because I barely remember it as a place I loved to go when I was little. Um, and I think we just called the Doctor Who shop. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. hang about, hang yeah, about. Yeah. You walk downstairs, the door looked like a TARDIS on the outside. I, yeah. I, ah. And yeah, it was like it was like it was like older items and secondhand stuff and old books and yeah, I remember. And until recently, they've had a they've had a very very small place in Bolton. Um, okay, uh, but they've re- they've relaunched as extraterrestrial, um, and they're on they're in Farnworth. They're on the express train estate in Farnworth, so you have to, you have to drive there. But I'm going to take you down there. Um, when, yes, please. When you oh come back, because it is a cracking place, and they should have the Dalek by then as well. Um, but, I, <laughs> but I went. Is that a euphemism? I guess we'll yeah, find out. But I went. I went along there uh, to have a look at them, and they are cracking. And we sh- we should go. And uh, you'll you'll love it, Cocker. Um, but that's yeah, extraterrestrial comics and collectibles. Um, they're on um, the Express Trading Estate on Stone Hill Road in Farnworth. Um, I'll be having a, a beep about them on social media as well. They've also got a couple of events coming up, which I might go to. So we'll we'll talk about that close to the time. But yeah, let us pull, sir. Give Let's them um, give them a crack. There's, there's a crack in oh. place. They'll give you they'll give you a money off voucher for next time with um, every purchase of ten quid or more. So I got a couple of them because oh. I may or may not have bought um, a boxed Titans Return uh, Voyage Class Astro Train. Um, <laughs> Who is currently standing on the shelf behind me, looking all, looking all Astro Trainer? Um, so yeah, we got we got to go up there, Cocker. Um, got to ride that wild wind. So I'm probably gonna try and flog some stuff to him as well. <laughs> um, hey, hey. So um, let's get into the main the main meat of today's uh, oh slightly curtailed episode. Let's talk about Ready Player One. Yes. The Ready Player One, the 2018 motion picture directed by Steven Spielberg, based on the book by some cunt. Er- and, Ernest um, Klein. I have the book next. That's the one. I have the book next to me. <clears throat> I've read the first. I'm not insulting him. I just couldn't remember his name and decided to use the meme. I've read the first um, two chapters of it, and that was like four days ago. I've not brought myself to read any more yet. Oh, that. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, that says a lot. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Um, I. You know what? You know what? <laughs> I thought I was going to hate this movie. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. I thought you were going to go, and I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Bye, no, everyone. I... Email in, bigdumbcontact at gmail.com. 
<laughs> I didn't. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. But there's some charm to be had, and there's some fun to be had in in Ready Player One. It's got problems. I've got problems with it. But on the whole, namely, namely, the romantic interest is a more interesting character than the. Oh Loom, man, the, the the Artemis Parsifal romance is just not good. It's not good. No, um, it is frighteningly quick. Especially also the the whole thing of like, uh, I'm suddenly. Uh, we'll get into that later. Um, we'll yeah. get into that in spoilers. Yeah. Um, it's it's a yeah. minor spoiler, but we'll get into it then. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the the Artemis Parsifal romance thing. I have a problem with that. Problem with that. But for the most part, it's a lot of fun. What did you think, Cocker? Oh, Matt. Sweet baby Matt, my sweet summer child. Yes. I went into it yesterday afternoon on a day off and um, sat down in the cinema and all those pictures of the posters flashed up in my head, those terrible posters (laughs) they released. Oh, yeah, those posters are, are not good. And everything I was aware of about the film and, and the story came to mind and I just was like, oh God. And I kinda dug it. Yeah. Um yeah. I don't I, know, I right? don't think I, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a great movie. I think it's a little bit of fun. I'll be honest, it I is, think it's far it's a film you, best. It's it's a film you can watch once and get everything you need to out of it. Um, you might want to watch it twice just to see if you can spot some of the Easter eggs in it. Yeah, I had a similar experience um, with Pacific Rim Uprising as well, which I also saw recently. Like, I have, oh, you'll have to tell us about that next week. That's, Ooh, that, min. that's a good bit of fun, but I have no desire to watch it again. Um, yeah. Like, ready for- where do we start? Um, I mean, the basic plot is, is, for those who don't know, the basic plot is it's like the year, what, 2045, um, yeah. and people are... Uh, the, the world's in a, a bit of you know a financial crisis, and homes and and sort of neighborhoods are crammed into like these towering trailer parks, and 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 you know not everywhere around the world, but people to escape from their sort of poverty and everything, and and their woes and worries for a bit, play a game set in uh, an online world called the the Oasis, um, which is I can't remember if they mentioned this in the movie or not, but I'm sure I've read this somewhere. They make the Oasis like completely free. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The, the, guy, the the man behind it um, makes it completely free. So it is this whole thing of look, if you live a terrible life and everything's miserable, here is a way for you to sort of escape and just enjoy yourself and relax. I mean, you still got to so, afford the gear. You still got to buy the gear. Yeah, you still got to get all the bit. But the, the, but you saw different degrees of it. You saw like basic portable versions, yeah, and, like yeah. full rigs and things like that. And it's created. It was created by a man called James Halliday. Um uh, and and his his colleague um Og Oggy isn't it Ogden Morrow yeah um who created this virtual world about twenty thirty years ago they began it and and at this point in twenty forty five that's what the world's like and Halliday passed away I think it's like ten years before the events uh, of the movie it's four or five if I recall uh, if, oh yeah I remember it's a little it's a, a, a little while before because the idea is when he died he put out a, a message saying like his final kind of gift to the world there are three keys which you can get by figuring out three challenges and if you get them you not only get like 10 million dollars or whatever and, you get control yeah. of the oasis um a ridiculous amount so, of money and his company yeah so here was the bit that made me go that's a cool idea because of course you know it's a willy wonka scenario it's a golden ticket thing ty sheridan plays um wade who who is our main character for better or worse the, and not his fault really the comic, it's not his book, fault, the it's comic the... book inspired named uh wade watts yeah wade watts um, a character who is really underwhelming, oh, and it's yeah. no fault. It's no fault of Ty Sheridan. Oh, like not. he's absolutely he's not. trying so hard. Yeah, uh, yeah and yeah. I think he plays his. I think he plays his alter ego and Par- Parzival like very well. Like I I did connect with Parzival as the avatar adventurer of the story. Yeah, um, but we'll get into all that. But um, like. He's a uber fan of Halliday's work, and like he's like, right, I'm gonna figure it out because uh, Ed- I really admire this man. He's one of many people. They're called them um, Gunters, yeah, who are looking for these Easter, for the Easter egg for these keys. Um, and he's he's a massive fan of Halliday's work, so it's more about that. It, it's that whole fan need to prove yourself thing almost. Like he doesn't really know what he'll do with it. No, he wants the money. He wants the money because his family, him and his aunt, are particularly well off. 
Um, but like, it's just because he's an Uber fan of Halliday. But the thing that interests me, the thing that made me go, oh, that's a cool idea, turned out to be also one of the more boring parts of the movie in the end. <laughs> but um, uh, Nolan Sorrento, played by um, the wonderful and oft misused Ben Mendelsohn. Oh, Ben Mendelsohn, um, Ben Mendelsohn. Ben as, as the CEO of, uh, of uh, IOI, um, oh, what are they called? Um, innovative Online... Online Inc. or Online Industries, something, something like, like that. that. Um, like, basically that was an angle I thought was world, really yeah. cool. Yeah, well, well, the, yeah, now. Like, they, they were, like, the second biggest. And with um, Halliday's death, they're the top, they're the honchos. They make the tech, they do this. So they want to get the Oasis. So that was an idea I thought was cool. Like, they have entire floors of people at their buildings. Yeah. Like, who have been cherry-picked to either be researchers... Or gamers. Yeah, there are James and, and, uh, James Halliday scholars because he was such a pop culture nerd that his yeah. his love of pop culture has made it all like holy texts. Now, this is something that is really obnoxious in the book. Yeah, and it was, and, and I would I would argue I would argue is also occasionally obnoxious in the film. Oh yeah, but it's it's not a that part of the reason I've only read a couple of chapters of the book is because the first chapter contains a very, very detailed description of the video that Halliday releases after his death. Oh, yes. Is that complete with Spock's coffin and everything? Uh, it's it's <laughs> different in the book, but there is one page of that which has four separate footnotes outlining details just to make sure you get all the things that it's referencing. Wait, wait, wait. The book has footnotes. Oh yeah, they're in character as Wade, but okay. they're still obnoxious. They're still obnoxious. <laughs> they're really obnoxious, and I was kind of worried about that going in, but I think they managed to um, mitigate a fair bit of that obnoxiousness, and uh, it's still there, it's still present, but it's much less uh, front and center, which is neat. Uh, probably because you don't have Wade's um, in a monologue, really. Uh, not to the same degree. And that's good because it's fucking excruciating in the book, the bits I've read of it so far. And like I say, I've only been able to stomach reading the first couple of chapters. So maybe it gets better, maybe it gets worse. I'll find out yeah. at some point. <laughs> oh, God. But like, I mean, that says a lot. Like, if a book is just like, research, research, exposition, you're just going to be like, no... Mm. No, and it's, like, and it's, I'm going to put this down now. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, the the idea of of, of pop culture res- resurging like this as um, as a, a sort of legacy of this man who loved it all. It's not necessarily a bad idea, but the way they the way they do it in the book is pretty terrible from what I've read, and it's a lot better in the film. Um, the archives. Mm. Uh, Basically, he starts with these archives inside the Oasis, which archive everything that he ever read, saw, did. Which is which is which is wonderful because in the film, the way they describe it is like it just appeared. Yeah. Like, the day after he died, this building just appeared. And it's a great idea of like this 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 basically this huge public library of pop culture stuff. So that's and that's the mm. stuff that's important in this world, not like the the um, you know the classics and the old masters and all that stuff. It's it is the populist stuff that's become culturally important, and I think that's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, it's particularly the stuff that Halliday and and um, Morrow like grew up with as kids in the yeah. like eighties, nineties, two thousands. Like the idea that like that it, the mecca of it all seems to. I think I think the earliest the earliest reference thing, if you don't count King Kong, because obviously remakes and whatnot, like it's probably The Shining. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or Marvin, or Marvin the Martian, but he's very brief. He's there briefly. <laughs> that's a great little. Um, <clears throat> there's a nice little nod. It's a shame they didn't do more with that idea, but yeah, I was still. I was really worried that a lot of like the cameos and shout outs of things would be again really obnoxious. But I think they struck a nice balance with it for the most part. I, um, I still don't. Th- I still don't think they. I still don't think they got it as. I think the best movie to ever do that in a way where it wasn't gross, but you still like went. Oh, it's them. Is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That was probably the best yeah, example of that yeah. movie. Because well, what they did is like it was a populated world with stuff you could spot, but then certain characters would have a moment and it wouldn't detract from anything. It just made you go, oh, cool. Um, I don't think this quite had enough, oh, cool moments. No, no. Um, and do you know what? It actually made the movie feel a bit cheap in a couple of places. Yeah. 
which obviously it wasn't. It was like multi-million dollars spent on this, like hundreds of millions. But when you see like a version of the Joker and then you see him twice again, you, you sort of think, right, well, these are the characters that they've paid money for and they're going to use Well, them. it's... But it makes, the, it makes the Oasis feel smaller. Yeah. As a result. And, but it's also... Which is a shame. Because it's limited to stuff that Warner Brothers either have the rights for or don't have to pay through the nose to use. Yeah, well, there's, um, there's a few There's a few places they ask permission. I've, I'd like to see a proper comprehensive list at some point, but I've seen a list that suggests there are a couple of, like, Marvel characters in there, too. Uh, not that um, I saw, but it wouldn't surprise me. <clears throat> yeah, well, there are, there are very wide shots at some, oh, yeah. several times. There's a lot going on. <laughs> In some of those yeah. reference filled shots, but they they don't do too much of the oh look at this thing from this thing. Um, they don't do oh, too the, much. There's of a that. few. There's a few easily dated things like some that made me feel weird. Like the, the, these aren't spoilers, really, boys and girls. These are just nods. But like when you saw Harley Quinn, yeah, and she was the Arkham Knight Harley Quinn, yeah, yeah. And then later in the movie, later in the movie, um, Z walks past the Arkham Knight, and you're like. What? I didn't like, even. Really? I didn't that, even clock that. It's the first time he goes into like the archive. He, he passes the Arkham Knight, and it was just like, why? Mm. Like, what a fucking obscure character to put in your movie. But then you see the Joker, and it's this weird sort of. And I can imagine it was a Warner Brothers mandate. It's this weird, like half and half, Injustice Two Jared Leto kind of Joker. Ugh. Like he's he's got he's got he's got like an open shirt and 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 like a grubby Heath Ledger esque face, but a long face, and it's like, what is this? Yeah. Because earlier on, you see Batman, which you see in the trailer, but in this film, the camera gets a bit closer, and it's so obviously the Keaton Batman. Yeah. Which which makes sense for this world, because of course that's the one that like Halliday would have pre-uploaded. Like that'll be the one he grew up with, the, the Jack Nicholson, yeah, uh, Tim Burton era version of Batman. Um. But anyway, so yeah, uh, in terms of, in terms of the way all that's done, it isn't it isn't grotesque. There are a few moments where I think you'll go, ugh, which I definitely did. But it's not it, it's on the right it's on the right side of the balance for the most part. I think. Yeah, I thought so. Um, none of it detracts from the story. I think you mentioned like one one bit is an extended sequence with one very specific movie. And I think that works really well, actually. Yeah. Like, I thought that yeah. would be gratuitous, I, but it... I thought it was it was pretty neat, especially the way they get round some of the stuff that they wouldn't be able to put in a 12-day movie. I think they do it yeah. really clever. I think they do a really clever job of, of getting round some of that stuff, and, it, and it's pretty mm. fun, I think. Um, <laughs> and there's also several characters from franchises that kids should definitely not know, and one of them even earns this 12-certificate movie's one F-bomb. Yes! Um, yes. Which was which which did make me kind of giddy. I won't lie. I was like, "Yay!" I just wish he looked less CGI. But anyway, it was a good um, moment. It's I a video. Thought. It's a video game, so of course he looks CGI. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That there's uh, the, the other characters. I I mean, I think hands down the best character in the movie is is a, well, actually, it's a toss up in terms of the character I wanted to spend more time with. It was um, Artemis. I wanted to spend much more time with Artemis. I wanted yeah. to get to know her. Yeah, yeah. Um, Samantha. Um, Played by uh, uh, Olivia Cook, I think. Uh, she, she was yes from ba- she from Bates Motel. She was really good. Yeah. Um, and and it's very, a bit of a thank it's a bit of a thankless role for reasons I believe are also in the book as well. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise um, me. I've not read that far, but it would not surprise me at all. Um, yeah, like she's it's one of those it's one of those movies where you're watching it and you're like, I like what Ty Sheridan's doing, but Wade is not interesting enough. Can this be her no. story, please? Um, if if, but, if you know, if Ty, your, hero, your hero's got to be your schlubby white guy who's a gamer. So, if eh. Ty Sheridan was a less interesting um, screen presence, it, yeah. it, it it would be it it would be a, a completely bland role. He brings what he can to it, but he's kind of ha- he is hampered by the script. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, Olivia Cook's great, and I, I would love to have seen more of of Artemis. If it had been, if the, if Artemis had been the main character, I'd have been more interested. Um, we've mentioned Ben Mendelsohn; um, he's great as always. Um, I don't want to mention who plays H because it kind of spoils. The yeah, we'll talk. The we'll end. talk about that. Um, that that was another character I enjoyed. Um, T J Miller as I Rock. Yeah, I mean, um, despite T J Miller slight, being T J Miller, uh, slightly soured by real world knowledge. Yeah, but all the same. I all the same. I think a very good performance. Yeah. Um. Uh, and and 
written obnoxiously, which is why the performance worked, because his performance was kind of obnoxious, which works fine for that character, because it is that nice juxtaposition of, oh my god, this dude looks... This dude looks like he'd be like the leader of Skeletor's forces smashing down Grayskull. Yeah. And he just talk he just talks like a bit of a dick. Well, I was <laughs> it's thinking, like, okay, fair I, enough. I was thinking, like, is there is he a reference to something or is that mostly you? And I don't think he was a reference to anything in particular, was it? Um No, he was he was sort of like he was sort of like a, an eighties Saturday morning cartoon slash like World of Warcraft mashup character, really, wasn't he? He, yeah. was, he was like a reference to he was visually a reference to a bunch of stuff, I think. Yeah. Uh, but not nothing um, specific. Um, yeah, Ben Mendelsohn does a pretty good job as Sorrento, but yeah. ultimately it's ultimately kind of a pointless <clears throat> villain in a way, simply because he is just man in suit who's not evil, but goes a little too far. Yeah, like the, like we see, what we see of IOI's methods is clearly um, underhanded, and they are capitalism gone gone rogue and they do na- they do terrible things in terrible ways to people but it, it's it, i think it, i think i think this was the this was that was the biggest thing i never felt like they were a threat no i, I because like once they get hold of the oasis it seems what, mm. what they're gonna do with it, they're gonna fill it with ads and monetize the shit out of it yeah and like but but throughout the movie um artemis and, and at the end parcival and his big like rallying cry speech made a whole point of, like, lives have been lost because of these people. And he wasn't talking about... Because um, in the games, ladies and gentlemen, if you lose, if you, if you die in a... Because in a, in a, you, you can just play around in the Oasis and tit around, but you can yeah. take part in games. And if you die in a game, and it's, like, your last life or whatever, or, that you know, the, the game is, like, a one-shot kill or anything like that, you lose anything you've earned in the game. Yeah, you zero out. Because you could yeah, you can earn credits, you can earn bonuses for the game, you can choose whether or not you're doing it for real world money or for, or you know, like, um, for, for just, like, prizes in the game so you can play more stuff in the games, blah, blah, blah. Well, I think Oasis... Like, coming... so, so lives are definitely affected if you lose, if you yeah. go on a high-stakes thing. Um, but, like, in, the, in his ending speech, he kind of, like, makes a mention of, like, real lives have been lost, and it's like... Have they? They have. We, we never saw this. They have. They talk about it, but you don't really see it. And well, it's it's because Ar- Artemis talks about like her background and stuff, and you realise that losing out in the game, zeroing out, affected her family in a bad way. But it, it's just like you don't get a sense that the, the guys of IOI are evil. They're just opportunistic. I don't. I don't know. I, there it, is, it, there it is almost, that one almost... thing that happens. Um, well, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's yeah, that's oh no, no, of course, yeah. No, to be fair, yeah, that is that is the point where it's like, yes, we definitely. But also emotionally, the movie almost forgets that for twenty five minutes. Uh, yeah, in a way, in a way, it's really odd. It's really, really odd. Like that. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't think this film's a great film, but I think it's pretty fun. And and it's because you kind of do have to, ironically, for a movie about virtual reality, turn your brain off a bit. Yeah, to, and it's and I think to, to get into it. Honestly, I think Spielberg's wasted on this movie, but I don't know if yeah, he, he definitely brought a lot to it. Absolutely, and I, I don't know if any under any other directors it would certain bits would yeah, work as well. That's what I mean. I don't I, but, I don't know if it'd work yeah. as well under a lesser director, but I think he's also wasted on the source material. Like it's not hmm. the source material is not complex. It's enough. not it's not worthy enough really of something no. he can do. But then, this, this um, is the guy who made made even weirder in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, that's true. I mean, the King of Crystal Skull, he just directed the thing and Lucas was the one who pushed for the story and all that. And in this yeah. case, it's, it's, um, what's his face? Uh, Ernest Klein's story and, and him and Zach Penn's screenplay. Did you notice the nod to, um, another Zach Penn movie on the cinema marquee? Oh, which one was it? Um... In the race at the beginning, there's a film starring Jack Slater. Ah! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was really cool. It's like, oh my god, a last action hero reference. I so love cool. the last action and hero, so that's fine the, by me. I missed those that. Are, those Damn are it. the re- those. Oh, it's all right. Those are the references I liked. The, the subtle stuff and little things. Well, it's like you say, there's so much um, going on. Yeah, like the the little ones are nice. Occasionally, there'd be a line of dialogue where a character wouldn't play up that they were referencing something. Yeah, and it'd be like, oh, that's kind of cool. Oh, that's kind of cool. And little moments like, um, we'll we'll talk more about them in the spoilers because we'll but like cameos from certain vehicles or characters that in that moment make you go, oh, that's a cool choice. Yeah. Um, especially when someone leapt out of a vehicle toward the end, like... 
Oh yeah. The the thi- the thing they became was cool, but when my brain realized what they were standing in, I was like, "Oh my god." Yeah. It well was done, good. guys. Like that's how you get nerd points without like putting it on blast. Um, it's like that's how you do it. Um and and let's before we go into spoilers, let's talk about uh two of the other key characters. Um Ogden Morrow, Simon Pegg's character, yeah. we see a lot in the flashbacks. Nice American accent. Yeah, I mean, I think is this the, is this the first time we've seen him with one in a film? Possibly. I like. I mean, I like Simon Pegg. I think he's great in in everything he's in. So this did not surprise me. Um, and again, that's 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 pleasantly subtle meta casting. Yeah, because yeah, like yeah. his his career began with doing stuff like this with um with spaced. Yeah, like space spaced is a TV show made by you know Pegg and, and Edgar Wright that was just about people. But it's it's every influence could be traced back to an action film or a sci-fi series or yeah blah 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 blah. So it, it's it's a nice touch casting him, but he's completely overshadowed by probably the most interesting performance in the movie. Oh man, Mark Rylance is Spiel, just Spielberg's brilliant. Spielberg's current golden boy, Mark Rylance. Oh yeah. man, he's so good in this. And you know, people have been singing his praises as a theatre actor for years and years and years and years, but it's really under Spielberg. Mm has kind of sort of coaxed him into doing more and more film stuff and, and put him in the spotlight. And he is not disappointed uh, by all accounts. I've not seen Bridge of Spies or the BFG, but by all accounts, he's great in them. Um, mm. So, you know, um, I'd seen him in it. I feel like, I thought he was really, really brilliant. Um, yeah. And it's just... Like and it is very... It's just an interesting character. And I've seen online, online quite a bit that people are talking about that they think... The version of Halliday in this in this film is sort of Steven Spielberg's, um, his sort of way of of, of uh, portraying George Lucas and his and his relationship with George Lucas and and how George has developed over over the years. Oh, as, as, as a creator. oh, now you've said that, yeah, um, and it actually makes a lot of sense. Um, this sort like of this 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 genius who is also like by all accounts not necessarily a, a completely yeah. together person and he's a vic- and he's sort of a victim of his own success in a way and yeah and just oh my god but yeah it's it's what this is one of those movies and stories where all the side characters are more interesting than the main character um yeah and yeah every every moment violence is on screen he just completely dominates it yeah as um, as both um Halliday and um Oh Anna Rack. yeah, the, the, uh, the, the, his his wizard like like war, war um World of Warcraft style avatar yeah yeah that the, that leads the quest to find the keys after his death yeah um and again what was nice about that was it, it's obviously he plays them both very differently but Anorak is like he's is very clearly the avatar of Halliday like yeah, yeah. certain things he says and the way he says it you are like that's the same dude but it's like a performance yeah. And and <laughs> yeah. we should really talk about the 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 sheer quality of the performance capture in this movie, because like, mm, yeah, that's oh Christ, the, yeah. that's what's used to to bring to life all the the stuff inside the oasis, and and you kind of sidestep that uncanny valley um, effect by it being explicitly not real. CGI. Um, yeah, like textures and lighting and shadows are done really really well, but they, yeah. they don't make any. They don't make any illusions as to like, oh no, this is real. It's like, no, this this needs to look like like a current day video game cutscene. Yeah, like it it needs to look like it's, although obviously slightly more polished. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, this is this this is a game. Like you're watching a game, um, and and certain characters' appearances as well kind of reiterate that when you see characters from games and you're like, okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, I, I think it's a really Really, really neat um, bit of a visual, a visual, visual showcase. It's really neat. The story's a bit weak, and I have problems with it. Um, the setting is interesting in places and underdeveloped in others. It's on the whole a good fun time, but as soon as you start to think about it too much, it kind of falls apart. Um, yeah. So let's yeah. let's talk let's talk spoilers. So if you haven't seen Ready Player One. Um, I would recommend it if you've got nothing else to do for two hours because it's not brilliant. It's not going to be go down as a classic, but it is a good bit of fun. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd say check it out at least once. 
and don't wait till home video. I'd say go and see it on a big screen because certain oh, yeah. set pieces, certain set pieces really popped in the cinema. Um, but like, try and catch it on a matinee or or like a weekend morning. Like, don't don't fork out loads for it. Just yeah, go in and spend two hours and fifteen minutes with a bunch of okay characters and a couple of really really interesting ones and some some set pieces. I mean, here's the thing: if I think the best way to describe it is if if you're the sort of person who nostalgia really does it for you, then you're probably gonna have an absolute blast playing Where's Wally. And I, and I found myself doing it in some scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Where I just I was just looking everywhere around the screen to catch because the problem is it does suffer from a lot of modern movie tropes in terms of visuals. One of them being like that sort of like grey brown washed um, colouring to some scenes, so it is hard for certain characters to pop and stand out. Um, but if you're looking for something more substantial than a, basically a Funko Pop Isle and a Forbidden Planet, then don't expect a lot, but enjoy what you can. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 on the higher end of fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, right, spoilers. Um, spoilers for your neck. Listen, listen. Right, okay. I'm not. I'm no expert on human relationships. Um, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I know where this is going. That you don't fall in love with someone just because they not they don't mind your birthmark. Oh, like God. that was just the sort of it was <laughs> oh it was just like you know you see those posts where where on on Tumblr or something where some like pretty boy is like ooh I think all women are beautiful and you can never do 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 I saw I saw one of our mutual friends post a, a mockery of this sort of attitude on Instagram before it's like yeah. you don't w- women don't need male validation to feel um you know, confident in themselves and like, no, I mean, they're different people work in different ways. Obviously, if, yeah. but if, like, so, if someone feels insecure about something and you compliment them on it and be like, no, don't worry about it. It's like, it's, it's cool. I like it. I think yeah. it's really cool. Then that's nice. That's nice. That's just being pleasant. But in this instance, it was, yeah. well, I, th- I think you're hot. I'm not disappointed. I still think you're hot with that freaky birthmark on your face. I think you're hot, which is, and, like, it, and it's not like, a, cool. it's not a particularly prominent or, no, uh, it's 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 sort of it's... like a, it's sort of it's sort of like a like a faded um, rash meets a, a, an X Men eyepiece kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's it... like like a, it's like Domino or someone. Do you know, what I mean? it's just like oh, that's cool. It's just like oh, that's <laughs> and it and it also didn't inform her character. It didn't really. But inform... but, the, but but then 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 it sort of suggested that when she was like you you wouldn't like me in real life, it was because of that. It's like yeah, and it's just really. I, I think the only. Re- the reason you should be pushing people away is because you're leading an underground resistance to try and usurp yeah. a giant conglomerate. Yeah, like, that's the more interesting thing about Adam. That's why you pushing people away. Not like her yeah. lack of confidence because she has a, a not particularly prominent birthmark. And then Wade comes along and is like, oh, I think you're pretty. And then smooch. Like, it's it's just a bit... It, do, you, do you know what would have made it a lot less gr- grotesque? Because here's the thing. He grew up on pop culture and, and, and pop culture and Halliday's pop culture and... Obviously, a lot of that, there's references to, like, John Hughes and everything. So he's into, like... Yeah, yeah. You know, like, quirky teen romances and things like that. All you needed was just, like, a suggestion that maybe he is the dopey kind of, like, oh, I think I'm falling in love with a thing. And for her to just be like, no. Like, I like you. You're cool. Like, you're a really sweet guy. Maybe we'll get to know each other at one point. Yeah. But that is not important right now. But Do you know just... what I mean? And, th- and then end the film maybe with them, like, tentatively, okay, let's get to know each other. Because then you'd be like, all right, maybe it'll work out for these two. This is kind of sweet. Yeah. But instead it was just like, oh, it, I've heard that is the issue with the end of the book. Like, essentially, she is considered by the narrative the prize. Yeah. And that, and it, there's and, still... and, and I think what, I think what, I think what Klein was trying to get at with that is more like, like the real prize is love and to be loved and to share in love. And it's like, okay. But you personified that through a horny teen who's never been in a relationship. Yeah. Getting the pretty gamer girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and it's just... there are ways to handle this tonally um, and it not be creepy. But unfortunately, this was creepy. And it's like the ways the ways that it, it sort of teases the ways it could go. Like when H is talking, who, who does turn out to be a girl. 
Um, yeah, like, which is wonderful, like a wonderful touch because it is that whole thing of yeah, this doesn't matter. Like yeah. this is what I want you to see. Like um, you know, and reinforcing the fantasy element of it all. Yeah, um, um, but I think the the age mentions that you know what if, and then they she plays they play it for comedy. So it's like what if it's like some three hundred pound guy named Chucky lives in his mother's basement, um, and there's a bit of me that goes actually what if Artemis was a dude. And that mm. and that relationship developed in spite of that. Or uh, what if? But I guess that's not the story. That, 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 I guess no, that's no, not it, the story if the, if the telling. Love, but if if the love story was actually the core of it, yeah, that would be a more that would be a more interesting route to take. I mean, like, and I guess absolutely. Like I said, I guess it's just not the story they're telling. But I think it they tease for them to tease that kind of possibility and then not do anything with it and be like, oh no, actually, it's just a conventionally attractive girl. Um, and he. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, again, like that's not Olivia Cook's fault, but at the same time, if, if a if an actress who wasn't like the typical Hollywood kind of lead romantic teen female lead was cast, yeah, and it was someone who say was bigger or like of a you know an ethnicity that does not get the limelight as much, like that at least would have also been a bit different. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. if she if she was like a much bigger girl, for example, and she was like, I told you I like me on the outside, and he and he was like, no, like I it's you I like. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, at least then you'd be like, okay, we're playing with the Hollywood norms now. But it didn't. No. It was two conventionally pretty people for some reason falling in love very quickly. Yeah. And I, and I, and I was like, I, oh. I don't want to be the guy who's like, oh, I wanted the story to go this way. And I think it's bad because it didn't go this way. Like, I get that that's not what the story's telling, but I think it was just, I think you could have done something interesting with that idea and they kind of didn't. But hey. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a suggestion that like romance is kind of dead in the yeah, movie as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> like with his aunt's partners and and oh, um, love. the fact that the fact the fact that everyone idolizes Halliday, but like one of the yeah. things that a lot of his like big fans know is that he never really went on a date ever. Yeah, he, he died. It's he, like he died alone yeah. and didn't really do well with women and. That that becomes a plot and, point as well. If, if yeah, and even though it, even though it didn't turn out to be the case, it's believed that like one of his biggest regrets was not going on that date with um, the lady who turned out to be Ogden's partner later on. Yeah, and um, when it actually turns out that it was no, it was about like taking the play. He wished he'd gone on the dance, not because like she was his long lost love, but because he feels like he missed out on a human experience that yeah. he never had because he didn't allow himself to do it, and it's like. Okay, so it wasn't about long lost love anyway. It was about ticking off like being human on his checklist. Yeah, and it's just sort of like, so what is the message here? I'm really confused. Yeah, it's what a, you're trying there, to say. there's a parable in there, but it's kind of garbled. Um, well, it's the, it's the whole thing as well. It's like it's about real life. Like it's you know, real life is what matters ultimately. Real relationships and everything. It's like that's cool, but if that is the message of the movie then the movie we've just watched is in the logic of the film and that message uh, a sin like it's the bad option but um, much like a hulk much know. like a hulk movie much like a hulk movie where it, it feels weird because your protagonist is trying to get rid of the hulk he wants to stop being the hulk yeah, which is why you're there to see it we all came to watch ready player one to see this big video game world yeah yeah i guess so, you know and you know you know they, and, don't, they only this, they, show it off on like, tuesdays and thursdays so oh that was so weird like i got the point but i was like really because isn't isn't the whole point of it that some people are really poor and unwell and unhappy and it is their only escape well in in the book <laughs> in, in, the, in the book the first couple of chapters that i've read like Ooh. wade goes to school inside the oasis okay like so you can go to school and go to work and have your entire life take place more or less inside the oasis, like a virtual workplace or a virtual school, things like that. Mm. Um, and it's just something they don't really explore in in the film. Again, probably because it's because of time constraints. But yeah, there's also does... a bit of an implication in the movie that maybe it's not as advanced as uh, in terms of life consuming as it is in the book. Maybe. Like, because, for example, like, the IOI company meetings are all done in real life, and the research team aren't, like, a research team in cyberspace or anything. No, no. Like, like, there are definitely people living in buildings and living in the city and interacting and having food and meeting and being social. Yeah. I I like the idea of the stacks as well, of the the stacked trailers. It's a a neat visual, and it's also a a pretty neat idea. 
Um, and also, it made, for, it made for a nice quirky intro of him, like yeah. like watching how he has to actually get down from his stack, like down this rope, jump off this ledge, climb this ladder, la la la. And also, Ralph Ineson as his um, aunt's uh, scumbag boyfriend was a treat, <laughs> and I love seeing yeah. Ralph Ineson in things. He's great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Of course, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god, from the office. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realise it first. It's because yeah. he normally has short hair, doesn't he? And stuff, he normally has short hair, and also his his voice is much deeper and scarier when he's not doing an American accent. So yeah. <laughs> when he's doing when he's doing his reg his his own accent, he's he's much deeper and scarier. But it's great to see him. Um. <laughs> so. Ooh. Yeah, I mean. Well, so let's talk about the stuff you spotted that you liked. Um. Some neat. I. Neat references blown here away. and there. They're only on screen for about three seconds, but I'm blown away by the fact that there is a freaking cameo from the Battle Toad. I know! <laughs> the Battle Toads. Like, oh my Jesus. god. And the Turtles. Battle Toads. And the to- ah, but the Bay Turtles, weirdly. Yeah, it'll be a. I bet that, I bet that was a, it was a clearance thing, and it's like, hey, P- P- Paramount, can we use the Ninja Turtles? No, it, yeah, it'll have been. But you have to use these ones. It'll have been an assets thing. It's like, hey, Paramount, can we use the Ninja Turtles? Uh, also, have you got the CGI model so we can just plug them into our animation program? Um, <laughs> like, um, yeah, that's true. Like, um, like Ryu and Chun Li and stuff look like they were just straight from from Street Fighter Five. Yeah, um, the textures tweaked slightly, and same with uh, like Tracer. Yeah, from Overwatch and stuff. Um, um, Marvin the Martian makes I, a brief appearance, which I really yeah. liked doing his little run. Um, um, I'm trying to think which ones I, I saw where I was just like, really? The Iron Giant finally made sense in the context of the movie, but even so, it is kind of upsetting to see yeah. the Iron Giant punching things. Yeah, and, and then in, and then that in the and book... then that Terminator Two reference is just like, oh, <laughs> oh no! It kind of made me smile, but in a sort of like, oh man, they actually went there. I can't believe it. Went. Yeah, um, I, I laughed, but then put my head in my hand. <laughs> Um, and this, there was a lot of that in this movie. It's a lot of like, oh, that's actually pretty terrible. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Um, Chucky, was, Chucky was a secret Chucky. weapon. He was an, he, he was an accessory. <laughs> I just, considering they CGI'd him, like, from scratch. And he looked cool. Like, if that was a, what he looked like in a video game, power to him. But, I'm sorry, if they're going to get clearance to use a soundbite of his laughter... They could have got Durif in for like one or two lines. I know, in a voice right? Because it, it doesn't even sound like Chucky's regular laugh. I mean, like, it, it's him. It's it's him, but it's it's sort of mixed in with all the yeah, screams and the guess, shouts, and it's like I guess uh, maybe, I guess maybe because there was just so much going on, it didn't register me as register to me as a Chucky laugh. It yeah, was just like it felt. Like, it, it was that. It, it it was that. It was it, the one f bomb of of this twelve certificate movie. Yeah, yeah. fucking Chucky. Yeah. It was just like okay, that was pretty neat. Um. um it was weird to see um, a bunch of horror icons like snuck in. Yeah. Um, I only spotted a few. Like I spotted Jason. Jason Voorhees gets a prominent shot. Yeah. Because uh, he get he gets attacked by um, uh, Daito and, and Show. Yeah. At the beginning, he gets like sliced in half by them, and uh, Freddy Krueger appeared twice within the space of a minute. Well, everybody like, loves Freddy pa- He's walking past. He's walking past Parzival when he first like arrives, and you see him in like the lobby and stuff. Um, and then he's in. He's on planet. Do- planet Doom's from something, isn't it? Possibly. I was trying to figure out what it was. I recognise the name. I'm sure it's a reference to something. I think it's generic enough to just be generic. Though. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because it's pretty um, ge- like Planet Doom is a pretty fucking generic term. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, speaking of like games, though, like Doom, eh? Uh, yeah. Master Chief and, and a bunch a of, lot of his Spartans. soldiers yeah. were there. A lot of Spartans. A lot of Spartans. Uh, who's the guy? Who's the, oh, he's a Mortal Kombat character, isn't he? The guy who um, Artemis is described oh, as go, uh, disguised uh, as Goro. briefly. Goro from Mortal Kombat. Goro, who then, who then a chest burster bust, busts out of him, and which is a hand puppet. And, Ar- what? and Artemis cuts the skin off with the chest burster with scissors, which I thought was pretty neat. I thought that was neat. Yeah, like it's <laughs> if you're going to mess around with these things, like be inventive with it. And I thought that was a pretty neat moment. Yeah. Um, I mean, in that exact same scene, Beetlejuice is there, which was yeah. just like, what? No, well, it, it didn't. It was it was Juice Demon actually. Oh, was that what it was credited it, it, as? No, no, it was it was the um, the cheap uh, Halloween costume, unlicensed Halloween costume version. <laughs> oh right. Oh, don't, don't you mean the? Um, Juice oh Demon. God, D- don't you mean um, 
Oh, Christ, what was his name? Robin Thicke costume. Robin Thicke. <laughs> God. Um, Ugh. Um, what else? Like, I'm trying to think of ones that made me smile and ones that made me go, oh, for fuck's Well, sake. I think the one that probably made us smile both the biggest was um, Daito jumping out of Serenity and then yes. into a Gundam. <laughs> like, that all was, right. That was Fine. very cool to see. Fine. Um, and especially because the Gundam, like the animation of it all, like the physics suddenly went out the window. Yeah. And yeah. it acted like it does in a Gundam wing, like yeah. anime. Like that was that was cool because it was like, this looks so weird in a way where I'm like, I'm glad I'm seeing it done this way yeah. because it's so bizarre to watch. Um, that was really cool. And of course, fighting um, Godzilla because why not? Um, do you know what I hate? I, I'll, say, I'll say this. Seeing Mechagodzilla was cool, but when a character like stopped the movie for four seconds to be like, "It's Mechagodzilla," yeah, yeah, I was like, "Ugh!" Like they didn't even need to say it. Like they didn't even need to just there it is. Like if you don't know what Mechagodzilla is, you're just like, "Oh my god, look at that giant dinosaur robot." Yeah, I know, right? And if like, you do, you'd be like, "Oh my god, it's Mechagodzilla." That's but really then, cool. Then I say that, but like we're people who know what this stuff is anyway, so I I imagine there yeah. are people who I think the unspoken references were ones I enjoyed more than the ones that were like phoned oh, in totally, and showed off. Totally, yeah. Like uh, like like the T Rex. It's it was the Jurassic Park T Rex. They didn't give it a hero shot yeah. or anything like that. No one referenced it, but you hear you heard its roar, and you were like, "Yep, that's the JP one." Yeah, but um, the um, the same with King Kong. Like it was, it yeah. was sort of, it sort of looked like um, it looked sort of like the one from the seventies remake, which I thought was a nice touch because that would have been the one that Halliday grew up with. Yeah, um, and but then compare yeah. that to like uh, Parzival opening up H's box of ships and being like, "This is this, yeah. and this is this." Is like, oh come on, that's a bit much. It's just a bit. I mean, it showed that it showed that he was an aficionado, but it was also the only scene in the movie where he showed any passion or excitement. Yeah, and then you have that conversation straight after with him and Artemis, where they're trying to one up each other on how much he yeah. knows about Halliday, and it's just like, and it, and it and it put me in mind of that sort of gatekeeping that you get with with fans, particularly male fans of stuff. They're like, yeah. yo, well, they see a girl walk into a comic shop. They see a woman walk into a comic shop. And they'll be like, so what's your favourite comic? In what issue of this comic did this happen? And I'm like, you wouldn't yeah. do that to a I dude. Mean, it, You're doing it because... It worked, it worked a bit only because, like, they made that implication that the Gunters had sort of, like, given up at this point. There was only yeah. a few of them that were still doing it. So it was that whole thing of, like, well, I bet I'm going to find it. Uh, yeah, as if as if you know all the stuff. All right, what about this? Well, what about that? But you're right. It was like, oh... Yeah, I I, okay. I really because hate then, that because then forty minutes later, and it, it forty me minutes off. later, he forty minutes later, he only very briefly tells H off for not knowing what the Shining's like. Yeah, yeah, but apparently the Shining is a key part of the holiday research. So maybe he was bollocking him as the Avatar um, because it was like you meant to have done the reading, but it then retroactively comes across as oh he's bollocking her for not watching a cool thing he likes. It's like... Yeah. Uh, um, that set piece was my favourite. The Shining sequence is really, really clever, I thought. Uh, the way yeah. they get round the woman in room 237 was, re- I think, really smart. And I was... I think I was actually laughing out loud um, in the... the oh, she, she just zombified and started chopping well, up. It's, I mean, that is just the way they use the gigantic H character model to mask the nudity. Yeah, <laughs> which I thought was really <laughs> smart. Like I thought the way yeah, they, the was... way they cut around it and inserted it into the and inserted H into the footage to cover it, I thought was really really clever. And then yeah, to, yeah. to straight up turning him into a pirate zombie was was bonkers. And all right, all right, why not? Um, and then and then and then they kind of explain it when you see the ballroom and it's a scene from one of um, Halliday's first video games. Yeah, yeah. Which in it, which in itself looked like it was a sort of nod to the haunted mansion and yeah, things like that. Yeah. So it was like. Okay, like fair enough, uh, but it also means that if you're a massive fan of The Shining, you're like, oh my god, did they go as far as to show Jack? Mm, you see his leg and wrist, yeah, briefly, yeah, in the foreground of a shot, and and um, you know, sort of, um, <laughs> they 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 also reference it with the picture, but it's instead of it being Jack Nicholson, it's Halliday. Um, yeah, that that was cool, and I mean that's the thing. If they if they had passion for this stuff that they were obsessed with. You almost want them to arrive at the Overlook and then for a moment sort of stop and be like, whoa, like, oh my God, it looks yeah. just like the film. Yeah. But but they didn't. They were just like, right, let's get on to the mission. And you're like, oh, okay. 
All right. Yeah. We, the audience, are excited, but guess you guys are bored. Um, yeah. It's an odd one. It's an odd one. <clears throat> but... It's an odd one. But, but that set piece visually was very, very cool. Um, the, 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 what we thought was the second task. Like, that nightclub was a cool idea. But again, like, that would that would have been your excuse to do a, let's have a little a little gag over here with this character. Yeah. Or let's have a gag over here with this character. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it seemed weird to have three completely unrelated... I mean, obviously, it depends on people's avatars. But to have three completely unrelated female characters sat in the VIP area who all then just leave. You're like, what? Are any of them going to get a line? Or I mean, there are people playing as these people, right? That must be. But one, I, of them would, no, I, one of them would say something. But in a way, I think it also works well as just like sort of background flavour. Like, yeah. So I, yeah, I, didn't, I, didn't have a, I didn't have a problem with that so much. Um, <laughs> I, I think th- those moments where it's like, oh, it's <clears throat> Harley Quinn and two other... Who else was it? It was Harley Quinn. Um, they're both game characters, but I can't remember for the life of me who it was. Oh, I can't remember. But they, yeah, and they're all sat in the booth, and then they are, and then they all go without. But like moments like that, where it's just they appear and don't have. No one goes, "Oh, it's Harley Quinn." Um, or she doesn't do like. Yeah, well, a, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's an avatar. It isn't Harley Quinn, but it's like to visually see a very distinct character, and then to not even slightly behave or reference how we know them it felt odd. Like it felt really strange. Oh, but the I think, behavior. I think, I think that's. I think that's because. Yeah, I think that's because it was done better. Um, in like the Lego movie, for example, um, you know, it's like, here's that character and they're acting a bit like we know them. <laughs> yeah, on. I think that's I think it's because that you say that they're not that character, though. But the knowing yeah. their avatars, I think kind of didn't really bother me in that in that sense, because I knew that it was not that character. It's just someone dressed like that character. And then apparently that scene on. is full of the most Easter eggs. If, it, if you like it, pause it and look at every dancing couple, it like, would not surprise me. From stuff. And uh, I, I saw somewhere someone mentioned that two of the dancers are Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen. And I'm like, oh, so they do reference a TV show at some point. Because <laughs> uh, it we- it is weird that Halliday only seems to watch films and play video games, but. They do. I was trying to think of TV references. Like the '60s Batmobile shows up, they mentioned and gets a really nice, I guess a really nice like gag where it teeters off the edge of a thing and then drops off. They mentioned TV um, shows in the book because in one of the chapters I've read, Wade proudly mentions how he's watched all of Family Ties like three times over. Uh, right, and it's, so it's like, oh, I mean that's another thing. You never see anyone consuming media in the film. So you're like, when did you? When did you? Yeah, everyone's just watch in the all these things. All the time, yeah. it, um, it, it makes sense if they're like screening rooms or something. Like we, the suggestions that media we we know of has its areas. Like, I mean, one of the first things you see in the Oasis is the massive freaking words Minecraft world. Yeah. So it's like, okay, things we know are here and accessible. They're not just like relics, but it's weird. Yeah, it's it's an odd balance. Um, I liked the. I like the staying alive dance sequence. Like, I think that looked really cool. I thought cool the dance, and, the and dance just... sequence, especially the zero G stuff, was really, really neat. Um, yeah, it was. It was so. It was wonderfully baffling and a bit odd. I think Ben Mendelsohn's in-game avatar looked kind of wonderful. Really, yeah. it, was this, it, it, it was. He was this like. He was this like sinister Clark Kent kind of big motherfucker it in was, a suit. It was. It, the, just, it worked. It was the digital equivalent of a um, of a phallic replacement car. Like it's, yeah. it's that sort of. It was like this is this is how he he views himself, but no one points it out because they're too afraid because he's the boss. Yeah, it's that ultra macho <clears throat> sort of overcompensating thing, but in in the form of a digital <laughs> avatar because everyone has digital av- avatars in this world. Um, I, I I think that Irock would have been the the equivalent of that, but we never get to see him for, in the real world. You know, when he got killed, I thought we were going to cut back to like, I thought we were going to cut to Chunky. Like we were going to cut to uh, like yeah, the four hundred yeah. pound dude in a basement yeah, somewhere, because yeah. that would have been a little nice payoff to that earlier joke. But, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, what well, one of the characters we have been following did turn out to be the stereotypical nerd playing games in his basement yeah. archetype. Like that would have, you know, but in a or way, even just a kid, or even just a kid, just be like a kid at the breakfast table, like, oh damn it, yeah, because they do that because you'd have been like, oh, that's cool. They do that with show, don't they? So. Yeah. Oh no, I don't mean like a, a little kid, little kid, but just like someone where you go, oh wait, they're the yeah, like yeah. master assassin. Okay, that was a nice touch with Show and, and Daito, and I, I have a feeling that those characters and and um, uh, Helen, who, who's age. Yeah. Um, I had a, I had a feeling that they 
there's probably scenes on the cutting room floor which let them breathe a bit more. Yeah, because they just um, yeah, it's a bit weird. Yeah, like how do they find each there's, other? There's how do they know each other? But yeah, I, again, I looked that up. Like in the book, these characters live completely on different parts of the planet. Yeah, and in this book, in this book, in the film, there is a suggestion that that's the case, but they all get together really quickly. Yeah, and two of them are definitely in the same city. So yeah. <laughs> Weird. Um, <laughs> uh, I think that's all I've got to say. Technology. That's all I've got to say about Ready um, um, Player One, I think. I know it's all the copyright thing, but it also seemed weird to see a world like this and there not be a single Disney reference. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It seemed really odd to yeah. me. Yeah. Well. Um, I, I mean, the, the closest we got was a name drop for the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Which is one of the few things that is like flat out just named. Um, so yeah, um, I think I think the DeLorean was nice because they never like again they never gave it big hero shots. It was just oh he drives the DeLorean from Back to the Future Part Two. Yeah, and they don't and and, they, and it's got the Knight Rider um, like flashing dash on the front and back. Yeah, and they don't they don't labour the point so much. Or like with, no, no. Uh, and they, they do the same thing with the Bigfoot monster truck that H drives. But then, of course, Artemis comes along on the bike and they're like, it's Canada's bike from Akira. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, we know, but okay. It's just a cool bike and you don't have to explain to us that it's Canada's bike from Akira for it to be cool. But if that, you know what it the is, th- then you watch it and go, oh, it's the thing in the bob. I think that's the thing I was worried about going in and the yeah. thing that ultimately made me go, oh, I don't love this movie. Yeah. It was the fact that if it was just full of all this popular culture and it was just there... And it wasn't like highlighted, highlighted in those moments. I think I'd be like, yeah, okay, because then it is like it's a little treat for the people who do know. Um, but instead, it just sort of it, like some references work fine. Like the Chucky moment, I think works really well. Yeah, because the joke, the joke is he's just like throwing something to get something off their tail, and H goes, "Use this," and we see in the real world her sort of just throw her arms to um, <laughs> to Wade. And you're like, what's she just given him? And then you cut to him in the <laughs> driving in the DeLorean and Chucky's on his lap trying to stab him. And he's like, ah! Um, <laughs> and he just sort of throws it out of the window and he starts attacking people. Like, moments like that work fine. Yeah. And the, I can't remember what it's called, but that ball thing that um, Artemis throws into the. Oh, it's a mad the, ball. Uh, it's a mad ball, I think. A mad ball, yeah. Like, moments like that work because you go, oh, it's that thing. But when they're suddenly giving you a giant lecture on how adventure was the first video game with an Easter egg. Oh, that's like, in the first chapter uh, of the book. Because it's in, yeah. it's in, um, it's in, uh, Halliday's video. Yeah. So that's it's in the just... first chapter of the book. Don't worry about that. Like, Halliday's funeral gag, that worked well, like. You know, like if if you have a vague knowledge of popular culture, you're like, oh, look, he's got Star Trek floral displays. Yeah. And if yeah. you have a if you have a slightly bigger knowledge of it, you're like, that's the coffin Spock was in in two and three in the in the films. Like, uh, well, technically, do you know what I mean? It's a like, uh, it's a gutted photon torpedo. Um, but <laughs> <sighs> see, boys and girls, see what you can achieve. <laughs> um, oh God. Let's let's uh, <laughs> let's get out of here, Christopher, because. This recording situation is not ideal. <laughs> in the wor- in the words of Vanilla Ice, let's get out of here. Let's boo, get boo, out boo, of boo. here, baby. Um, um, <laughs> and we'll pick up in greater detail, although not about Ready Player One, uh, next week. Um, unless, you, unless you guys email about it. Oh, yeah, because we'll, we'll catch but, up yeah. with all the emails and news next week and such, because there's not really anything going on next week, I don't think, is there? Um, we might have seen ghost stories by next week. So we can talk about that, maybe. Yes, ghost stories. I'm 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 having a little date on Sunday to go and see that. So, oh, I forgot. I forgot that was out so soon. So I'll try and see that as well. Then, yeah, yeah, it's it's out on uh, the sixth. So day this podcast goes up, um, and all the cast here, we were trying to like figure out if we could get to see it before we finished, and we realised. No, <laughs> like the first showing is the first showing is Friday evening. The second showing is like after our show. Yeah, but it's the last night we're all here, so we're probably all gonna go for a drink. All gonna so. party. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys can drink in the fun by yes. following us on Twitter at Big Damn Cast. Yeah. Um, Big Damn Channel on the YouTubes, and of course we're on the Air Tunes and the Air Dupes. Yeah. Uh, um, we've got a proper Twitch channel now. Uh, Big Damn Stream on Twitch. 
So yeah, boy. go follow us over there. We'll do, I'm doing uh, Adventures in Backlog it again regularly as a stream now rather than a pre-record. So come along and interact. Keep an eye on Twitter for the um, days and times. And when I get back, we're totally going to have to do a couple as well, I think. Oh, um, yes. Oh, yeah. Tell you something. So, uh, yeah. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, we'll play you out with these wise words from the great poet, Matthew Watson. I like my Astro Train, he's purple and grey. And I like my Astro Train, he's really grey. That was that was a better pop culture reference than Ready Player One. I've been playing with my Astro Train the whole podcast. But as soon as I mentioned mean- him, I had to take him in my hands and change him back and forth. You- just, you're talking about your, your, your vital organ, aren't you? No, no, I'm talking about this plastic toy in my hand. Yeah, whatever. Run, everybody. Run and don't let him touch you with his Astro Train. Astro Train! Just a footbridge!